0: Hello, I'm Dennis Jers, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called A Grave Tale by Kelsey McIntyre. They called him Morg now, now that they brought him the bodies. Morgan Tortille felt sick when he found a finger amidst the gold and rosaries and antique rings, the grave riches that his uncle set him in charge of cleaning. He wasn't supposed to see a dead person's finger any more than he was supposed to be called morgue, or to wear his dark blond hair tousled instead of neatly parted and combed. The grave robbers chortled when they emptied their dirty sacks onto the threadbare Persian rug in his uncle's den, but Morgan always fixed them with as formidable a stare as he could muster on his 11-year-old face. He wasn't supposed to spend his evenings polishing stolen loot. His parents would have died at the thought if they hadn't died already. But these muddy thieves didn't have to know that. Some nights, like tonight, there were few items to polish anyway. Morgan knelt on the rug and assorted an engraved letter-opener, A necklace, two smudged gold bands, and a small crucifix into piles based on their shape. The crucifix and the letter opener went together because they were both long and had flat edges. Who gets buried with a letter opener, Morgan wondered. A businessman who never left the office? An old woman whose single passion was receiving letters? Was the letter opener, perhaps, the murder weapon? Morgan hurriedly bumped his spectacles higher on his nose, making the piles on the floor blur. He usually tried not to think about the means of death. On their way home from a meeting, his parents had been attacked by a tiger that had escaped from the zoo. After that, almost anything seemed like a plausible way to be killed. He didn't want to see murder weapons everywhere, like his uncle and the grave robbers saw money-making schemes. He lifted a dish of rubbing alcohol from the seat of an armchair, adjusting his glasses again until he could focus on the trembling liquid. He had always had bad eyesight, but now he wore his father's squat gold-rimmed spectacles because he thought they helped make his formidable stare more convincing. His own glasses were larger and, truth be told, worked better for the general seeing of things, but they made him look like the child he was at least the spectacles confused people. The first step in the cleaning process was to soak the rings. They were the messiest part of the goods the robbers brought in, and even when they were fairly clean, like tonight, they turned Morgan's stomach. He picked up the first band, careful to only touch the outside edges, and raised it into the candlelight. A few grimy fingerprints spotted the outside where the robbers had grasped it to pry it off, and a dab of blood, metallic red, tinged the rim. Fighting the urge to fling the item into the cleaning solution, Morgan lowered it to the liquid's surface and then dropped it gently so that it wouldn't splatter. The second ring bore a smear of mud, so Morgan wiped it with a handkerchief before adding it to the dish with the other. He was almost done buffing a necklace chain when the door to the den creaked and his uncle entered. The man's gray, snarly sideburns were long enough to hide his ears and match the fur nightcap on his head. He padded around Morgan with his arms folded over his yellowed fur robe, peering down at the boy's work. "'Have you been pocketing trinkets?' he said at last no i haven't morgan said cringing inwardly at the idea of one of those nasty rings in his pocket you must have been tempted to bury a coin or two under that fur vest his uncle said thrusting his chin in the direction of morgan's chest his voice was sharp but unexpectedly high pitched like a dog's yip The first few nights after his parents' death, Morgan had pulled blankets over his head to try to muffle the sound of his uncle chatting and laughing with guests like a one-man pack of coyotes. Morgan looked at his vest as well. I could take it off if it would make you feel better. He hated furs. His uncle was a hunter and kept stuffed animals all over the mansion, and if there was one thing Morgan disliked more than cleaning loot... It was being around those horrible animals. Everyone in his uncle's household was forced to wear furs. But it was yet another thing that Morgan Tortille would never have done before. Leave it, his uncle snarled. How long until you finish? Fifteen minutes, Morgan said. Make it thirteen, because I say so. Morgan shifted his spectacles so his uncle's face became fuzzy. It was a way of sticking his tongue out at the old man, only without the tongue showing and the punishment that would surely follow such an act. Good boy, his uncle said. I'm glad it worked out so well between you and me. I feared you would put up a fuss when you heard what kind of help I needed. He turned to go and then paused. You know, Morg, if you ever do put up a fuss, I can always install one of my big animals in your room." Maybe I'll shoot a tiger and have it mounted to keep an eye on you. He left the room, snickering. (laughs) Suppressing a shudder, Morgan lay the necklace aside and drew one of the rings out of the rubbing alcohol. It was the band that had been smudged with dirt, but now the grime had dissolved away, leaving clean gold and a deep-set amber stone. That amber cut in an oval and rimmed with tiny golden beads he had seen before. Morgan's sudden lightheadedness told him he probably didn't need a closer look, but he brought the ring within an inch of his glasses and squinted at it anyway. He knew it already, as well as he knew his father's spectacles. The grave robbers had dug up his mother's ring. For a moment he thought he would really vomit right there on the rug, and he dropped the ring and pressed the back of his hand to his mouth. Then he thought of his uncle upstairs in his bedchamber, lying under layers of oily fur blankets, and the nausea gave way to fury. If he set fire to his uncle's bed by dousing it in alcohol and touching it with a candle flame, he would never have to listen to threats about tigers again. If he loosened the black bear torso that was mounted above the back door so that it fell and crushed the grave robbers the next time they tried to enter with their bags of goods, he would never have to sort through the belongings of the dead again. If he pocketed his mother's ring and pawned it in another village, he would be able to pay for lodgings at an inn. But that's what Morg would do, Morgan thought, and I... M. Morgan Tortille. He crawled to the ring and rubbed it so that every facet of the amber gem winked and glittered, even in the low light. Then, taking a candle, he left the den and it tiptoed to the back door. His hands were cold and dry, but there was only one place on earth where his mother's ring should be, and he was going to make sure it stayed there. Tonight, the bodies could rest in peace. You just listened to A Grave Tale by Kelsey McIntyre, read to you by your door-to-door storyteller, Dennis Jers. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater, with the permission of the licensor granted under a copyrighted license agreement. First published in Gilbert Magazine, a publication of the American Chesterton Society. A production of We Are One Body, All The Other.